Chapter Six of Stories by Foreign Authors, Spanish Authors. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simonaroso. The Moorish couple must have slept soundly and sweetly among the thickets on the roadside that night, for it was fully nine o'clock on the following morning when they reached the foot of Cape Negro. At that place there is a village of Arab shepherds and husbandmen, called Medik, consisting of a few huts, a Morabito or Mohammedan hermitage, and a well of fresh water, with its curbstone and its copper bucket, like the wells we see represented in certain biblical scenes. At this hour the village was completely deserted, its inhabitants having betaken themselves, with their cattle and their implements of labour, to the neighbouring hills and glens. "'Wait for me here,' said Manos Gordas to his wife. "'I am going in quest of Ben Munuza, who at this hour is probably ploughing his field on the other side of yonder hill.' "'Ben Munuza!' exclaimed Zama, with a look of terror. "'The renegade of whom you spoke to me?' "'Make your mind easy,' returned Manos Gordas. "'I have the upper hand now. In a few hours I shall be back, and you will see him following me like a dog.' this is his cabin wait for us inside and make us a good mess of alcazus with the maize and the butter you will find at hand you know i like it well cooked ah i forgot if i should not be back before nightfall ascend the hill cross over to the other side and if you do not find me there or if you should find my dead body return to ceuta and post this letter another thing if you should find me dead search my clothing for this parchment if you do not find it upon me you will know that ben munuza has robbed me of it in which case proceed from ceuta to tetuan and denounce him as a thief and an assassin to the authorities that is all i have to tell you farewell the moorish woman wept bitterly as manos gordas took the path that led to the summit of the neighbouring hill on reaching the other side of the hill manos gordas descried in a glen a short distance off a corpulent moor dressed in white ploughing the black earth with the help of a fine yoke of oxen in patriarchal fashion this man who seemed a statue of peace carved in marble was the morose and dreaded renegade ben munuza the details of whose story would make the reader shudder with horror if we were to hear them Suffice it for the present to say that he was some forty years old, that he was active, vigorous, and robust, and that he was of a gloomy cast of countenance, although his eyes were blue as the sky, and his beard yellow as the African sunlight, which had bronzed his originally fair complexion. "'Good morning, Manos Gordas,' cried the renegade, as soon as he perceived the moor and his voice expressed the melancholy pleasure the exile feels in a foreign land when he meets someone with whom he can converse in his native tongue good morning juan falgueira responded ben carime in ironical accents as he heard this name the renegade trembled from head to foot and seizing the iron bar of the plough prepared to defend himself what name is that you have just pronounced he said advancing threateningly toward manos gordas the latter awaited his approach laughing and answered in arabic with a courage which no one would have supposed him to possess i have pronounced your real name the name you bore in spain when you were a christian and which i learned when i was in oran three years ago in oran yes in oran what is there extraordinary in that you had come from oran to morocco 
i went to oran to buy hands i inquired there concerning your history describing your appearance and some spaniards living there related it to me i learned that you were a galician and your name was juan falgueira and that you had escaped from the prison of granada on the eve of that day appointed for your execution for having robbed and murdered fifteen years ago a party of gentlemen whom you were serving in the capacity of, of muleteer do you still doubt that i know who you are tell me my soul responded the renegade in a hollow voice looking cautiously around have you related this story to any of the moors does any one but yourself in this accursed land know it because the fact is i want to live in peace without having any one or anything to remind me of that fatal deed which i have well expiated i am a poor man i have neither family nor country nor language nor even the god who made me left to me i live among enemies with no other wealth than these oxen and these fields bought by fruit of ten years sweat and toil consequently you do very wrong to come and tell me hold cried manos gordas greatly alarmed don't cast those wolfish glances at me for i come to do you a great service and not to vex you needlessly i have told your unfortunate story to no one what for any secret may be a treasure which he who tells gives away there are however occasions in which an exchange of secrets may be made with profit for instance i am going to tell you an important secret of mine which will serve as security for yours and which will oblige us to be friends for the rest of our lives i am listening go on responding the renegade quietly aban karime then read aloud the arabic document which juan falgueira listened to without moving a muscle of his still angry countenance the moor seeing this in order to dispel his distrust disclosed to him the fact that he had stolen the paper he had just read from a christian in ceuta the spaniard smiled slightly to think how great must be the huckster's fear of him to cause him voluntarily to reveal to him his theft and poor manos gordas encouraged by ben munuza's smile proceeded to disclose his plans in the following terms i take it for granted that you understand perfectly well the importance of this document and the reason of my reading it to you i know not where the tower of zoraya nor aldeir nor elsenet is nor do i know how to go to spain nor should i be able to find my way through that country if i were there besides which the people would kill me for not being a christian or at least they would despoil me of the treasure after i had found it if not before for all these reasons i require that a trusty and loyal spaniard should accompany me a man whose life shall be in my power and whom i can send to the gallows with half a word a man in short like you juan falgueira who after all have gained nothing by robbing and murdering since you are now toiling here like a donkey when with the millions i am going to procure you you can go to america to france or to india and enjoy yourself and live in luxury and rise in time perhaps to be king what do you think of my plan that is well put together like the work of a moor responded ben munuza in whose nervous hands clasped behind his back the iron bar swung back and forth like a tiger's tail manos gorda smiled with satisfaction thinking that his proposition was already accepted but added the sombre galician there is one thing you have not considered and what is that asked ben karime throwing back his head with a comical expression and fixing his eyes on vacancy like one who is prepared to hear some trivial and easily answered objection 
you have not considered that I should be an unmitigated fool if I were to accompany you to Spain to put you in possession of half a treasure, relying upon your putting me in possession of the other half. I say this because you would only have to say half a word the day we arrived in Aldeir, and you thought yourself free from danger. To rid yourself of my company and avoid giving me my half of the treasure, after it was found. In truth, you are not the clever man you imagine yourself to be, but only a simpleton deserving of pity, who have deliberately walked into a trap from which there is no escape in telling me where this great treasure is to be found, and telling me at the same time that you know my history, and that if I were to accompany you to Spain, you would there be absolute master of my life. And what need, then, have I of you? What need have I of your help to go and take possession of the entire treasure myself? What need have I of you in the world at all? Who are you, now that you have read me the document, now that I can take it from you? What are you saying? cried Manos Gordas, who all at once felt a chill like that of death strike to the marrow of his bones. I am saying nothing. Take that, replied Juan Falguera dealing Ben Karime a tremendous blow on the head with the iron bar. The moor rolled over on the ground, the blood gushing from his eyes, nose and mouth, without uttering a single sound. The unfortunate man was dead. Three or four weeks after the death of Manos Gordas, somewhere about 20th of February, 1821, it was snowing, if it ever were to snow in the town of Aldeir, and throughout the beautiful Andalusian Sierra to which the snow gives existence, as it were, and a name. It was Carnival Sunday, and the church bell was for the fourth time summoning to mass with its thin, clear tones, like those of a child, the shivering Christians of the parish, too near to heaven for their comfort, who found it difficult, on so raw and inclement a day, to bring themselves to leave their beds or to move away from the fire, saying perhaps an excuse for their not doing so, that on the three days before Ash Wednesday worship should be rendered not to God but to the devil. Some such excuse as this, at least, was given by Uncle Juan Gomez in answer to the arguments with which his pious wife, our friend, Dame Torquata, tried to persuade him to give up drinking brandy and eating biscuits, and accompany her instead to mass like a good Christian, regardless of the criticism of the schoolmaster or the other electors of the liberal party. And the dispute was beginning to grow warm, when suddenly Gennaro, his honor's head shepherd, entered the kitchen, and taking off his hat and scratching his head with the same movement, said, god give us good day senor juan and senora torquata you must have guessed already that something has happened up above to bring me down here on a day like this it not being my sunday for going to hear mass i hope you are both well there there i'll wait no longer cried the alcalde's wife impatiently folding her mantilla over her breast it was decreed that you were not to hear mass to-day you have drink enough there and conversation enough for the whole day discussing the question as to whether the goats are with kid or whether the young rams are beginning to get their horns you will go to perdition juan you will go to perdition if you don't soon make your peace with the church and give up the accursed alcaldeship when Dan Torquata had departed, the alcalde handed a biscuit and a glass of brandy to the head shepherd, saying, Women's nonsense, Uncle Gennaro, draw your chair up to the fire and tell me what you have to say. 
what is going on up above there oh a mere nothing yesterday francisco the goatkeeper saw a man dressed like a native of malaga with long trousers and a linen jacket and wrapped in a blanket go into the cattle yard you are making from the open side and walk around the moor's tower examining it and measuring it as if he were a master builder francisco asked him what he was doing to which the stranger answered by asking in his turn who was the owner of the tower and francisco saying that he was no less a person than the alcalde of the town the stranger replied that he would speak with his honour and explain his plans to him night soon fell and as the man pretended to be going away the goat herd went to his hut which as you know is but a short distance from the tower some two hours later the same francisco noticed that strange noises proceeded from the tower in which he also observed a light burning all which terrified him so greatly that he did not even venture to go to my hut to tell me of what he had seen and heard this he did as soon as it was daylight saying in addition that the noises he had heard in the tower were kept up all night as i am an old man and have served my king and am not easily frightened i went at once to the moor's tower accompanied by francisco who trembled at every step he took and we discovered the stranger wrapped up in his blanket asleep in a little room on the ground floor where the plaster still remains on the ceiling i wakened the mysterious stranger and reproved him for spending the night in a strange house without its owner's permission to which he answered that the building was not a house but a heap of ruins where a poor wayfarer might very well take shelter on a snowy night and that he was ready to present himself before you and tell you who he was and what his business and his plans were i have brought him with me therefore and he is now out in the yard with a goat herd waiting for your permission to enter let him come in answered uncle hormiga rising to his feet greatly disturbed for the thought had presented itself to his mind at the head shepherd's first words that all this was closely connected with the celebrated treasure the hope of discovering which by his own unaided exertions he had abandoned a week before after he had removed without result several of the heaviest of the foundation stones here then we have face to face and alone uncle juan gomez and the stranger what is your name the former asked the latter with all the imperiousness warranted by his exalted office and without inviting him to be seated my name is jaime olot responded the mysterious stranger you do not speak like a native of this country are you english i am a catalan ah a catalan that may be and what brings you to these parts and above all what the devil were you doing yesterday measuring my tower i will tell you i am a miner by profession and i have come to this country which is famous for its copper and silver mines in search of work yesterday afternoon passing by the moor's tower i saw that a wall was being built with the stones that had been taken from it and that it would be necessary to tear down a great deal more of the building in order to finish the wall there is no one who can equal me in pulling down buildings whether by the use of tools or with hands only for i have the strength of an ox and the idea occurred to me that i might be able to make a contract with the owner of the tower to pull it down and dig up the foundation stones uncle hormiga with a wink of his little grey eyes responded dwelling upon every word well the arrangement does not suit me I would do the work for very little almost nothing now it would suit me less than before 
the so-called Jaime Olot, was puzzled not a little by the mysterious answers of Uncle Juan Gomez, and he tried to get some clue to their meaning from the expression of his face, but as he was unsuccessful in his efforts to read the fox-like countenance of his honour, he added with faint naturalness, it would not displease me either to repair a part of the old building and to leave there cultivating the ground that you had intended for a cattle-yard i will buy from you then the moor's tower with the ground around it i do not wish to sell it responded uncle hormiga but i will pay you double what it is worth said the self-styled catalan emphatically it would suit me now less than ever to sell it replied the andalusian with so crafty and insulting a look that his interlocutor took a step backward suddenly becoming conscious that he was treading on false ground he reflected for a moment therefore and then raising his head with a determined air and clasping his hands behind his back he said with a cynical laugh so then you know that there is a treasure on that ground uncle juan gomez leaned over in his seat and scanning the catalan from head to foot exclaimed with a comical air what vexes me is that you too should know it and it would vex you much more if i should tell you that i am the only person who knows it with certainty that is to say that you know the precise spot in which the treasure is buried i know the precise spot and it would not take me twenty-four hours to disinter all the wealth that lies hidden there according to that you have in your possession a certain document yes i have a document of the time of the moors half a yard square in which all the necessary directions to find the treasure are given and tell me this document i do not carry it about with me nor is there any reason why i should do so since i know it word for word by heart both in spanish and in arabic oh i am not such a fool as ever to deliver myself up bag and baggage to the enemy so that before coming to this country i conceal the document where no one but myself will ever be able to find it in that case there is no more to be said senor jaime olot let us come to an understanding like two good friends exclaimed the alcalde at the same time pouring out a glass of brandy for the stranger let us come to an understanding repeated the stranger taking a seat without waiting for further permission and drinking his brandy with gusto tell me continued uncle hormiga and tell me without lying so that i may learn to put faith in you ask what you wish when it does not suit me to speak i shall be silent do you come from madrid no it's twenty-five years since i was in the capital for the first and last time do you come from the holy land no that is not in my line are you acquainted with a lawyer of ujihar called don matias de quesada no i hate lawyers and all people who live by the pen well then how did this document fall into your possession jaime olcott was silent i like that i see you don't want to lie exclaimed the alcalde but there cannot be a doubt that don matias de quesada cheated me as if i were a chinese stealing from me two ounces in gold and then selling the document to someone in meleila or ceuta and the fact is although you are not a moor you look as if you had lived in those countries don't fatigue yourself or lose your time guessing further i will set your doubts at rest this lawyer you speak of must have sent the manuscript to a spaniard in ceuta from whom it was stolen three weeks ago by the moor from whose possession it passed into mine 
ah now i see he must have sent it to a nephew of his who is a musician in the cathedral of that city one bonifacio de tudela it is very likely what a wretched that don matias is to cheat his gossip in this way but see how chance has brought the document back to my hands again to mine you would say observed the stranger to ours returned the alcalde again filling the glasses why then we are millionaires we will divide the treasure equally between us since you cannot dig in that ground without my permission nor can i find the treasure without the help of the document which has fallen into your possession that is to say that chance has made us brothers from this day forth you shall live in my house another glass and the instant we have finished breakfast we will begin to dig the conference had reached this point when dam torquada returned from us her husband told her all that had passed and presented to her don jaime olot the good woman heard with as much fear as joy the news that the treasure was on the eve of discovery crossing herself repeatedly on learning of the treachery and baseness of her gossip don matias de quesada and she looked with terror at the stranger whose countenance filled her with a presentment of coming misfortune knowing however that she must give this man his breakfast she went into the pantry to take from it the choicest articles it contained that is to say a tender loin with pickle sauce and a sausage of the last killing saying to herself however as she uncovered the jars time it is that the treasure should be discovered for whether it is to be found or not it has already cost us thirty-two dollars for the famous cup of chocolate the long-standing friendship of our gossip don matias these fine slices of meat that would have made so rich a dish dressed with peppers and tomatoes in the month of august and the having so forbidding looking a stranger as a guest accursed be treasures and mines and the devils and everything that is underground excepting only water and the faithful departed while dame torquata was making these reflections to herself as she went with a pen in either hand toward the fire cries and hisses of women and children resounded in the street mingled with other voices in a lower key saying senor alcalde open the door the city authorities are entering the town with a troop of soldiers jaime olot became yellower than wax when he heard these words and clasping his hands together he said hide me senor alcalde otherwise we shall not find the treasure the authorities have come in search of me in search of you and why so are you a criminal i knew it cried down torquada from that gloomy face no good could come all this is the doing of lucifer quick quick resumed the stranger take me out by the back door very good but first give me directions where to find the treasure said uncle hormiga senor alcalde the cry was repeated outside the door open the town is surrounded it seems it is that man who has been shut up with you for the last hour they are in search of open to the authorities an imperious voice now cried accompanied by a loud knocking at the door there is no help for it said the alcalde going to open the door while the stranger tried to escape into the yard by the other door but the head shepherd and the goat herd who were on the alert cut off his egress and they and the soldiers who had now also entered the room seized and bound him securely although the renegade displayed in the struggle the strength and agility of a tiger the constable of the court 
who had under his command a clerk and twenty foot soldiers meantime told the alcalde the causes and reasons for these noisy arrests this man he said with whom you have been shut up i don't know why talking of i don't know what is the famous galician juan falgueira who fifteen years ago robbed and murdered the party of gentlemen whose muleteer he was in a certain hamlet in granada and who escaped from the chapel on the eve of the day appointed for his execution dressed in the habit of the friar who was administering to him the consolations of religion and whom he left there half strangled the king himself whom heaven preserve received a fortnight ago a letter from ceuta signed by a moor named manos gordas saying that juan falgueira after long residence in oran and other points in africa was about to embark for spain and that it would be an easy matter to seize him in aldeir in el senet where it was his intention to purchase a moorish tower and to devote himself to mining at the same time a communication was received by the government from the spanish consul in tetuan stating that a moorish woman called zamna had presented herself before him to make complaint against the spanish renegade ben manuza formerly called juan falgueira who had just sailed for spain after having assassinated the moor manos gordas the complainant's husband and robbed him of a certain precious document for all which reasons and chiefly on account of the attempt against the life of the friar in the chapel his majesty the king strongly urged upon the authorities of granada the arrest of the criminal and his immediate execution in that city let the reader picture to himself the terror and astonishment with which this narration was listened to by all present as well as the despair of uncle hormiga who could not now doubt that the document was in the possession of this man condemned to death the avaricious alcalde then at the risk of compromising himself still further called aside juan falgueira and held a whispered conversation with him having previously informed the assemblage that he was going to try to prevail upon the renegade to confess his crime before god and men what passed between the two partners however was really what follows gossip said uncle hormiga not heaven itself could now save you but you must feel that it would be a pity that that document should be lost tell me where you have hidden it gossip responded the galician with that document or in other words with the treasure it represents i intend to purchase my pardon procure for me the royal favour and i will deliver the document to you but for the present i shall offer it to the judges to bribe them to declare my sentence null and void by prescription gossip replied uncle hormiga you are a wise man and i shall be glad if you succeed in your purpose but if you fail for god's sake do not carry to the tomb a secret which will profit no one be certain i shall take it with me answered juan falgueira i must have my revenge upon the world in some way let us proceed here cried the constable putting an end to this strange conference and the condemned man being chained and handcuffed the officers of justice and the soldiers proceeded with him in the direction of the city of guadix whence they were to conduct him to granada the devil the devil the wife of uncle hormiga juan gomez kept repeating to herself for an hour afterward as she returned the tenderloin and the sausage to their respective jars my curse upon all treasures past present and to come needless to say that uncle hormiga found no means of procuring juan falgueira's pardon 
nor did the judges condescend to listen seriously to the offers which the latter made them of delivering to them a treasure on condition that they should relinquish the prosecution against him nor did the terrible galician consent to disclose the hiding-place of the document nor the whereabouts of the treasure to the bold alcalde of aldeire who with this hope had the face to visit him in the chapel in the prison of granada juan falgueira then was hanged on the friday preceding good friday in the paseo del triunfo and uncle hormiga on his return to aldeire on palm sunday fell ill with typhoid fever the disease running its course so quickly that on wednesday of holy week he confessed himself and made his will and expired on the morning of easter saturday but before his death he wrote a letter to don matias de quesada reproaching him with his treachery and dishonesty which had caused the deaths of three persons and forgiving him like a christian on condition that he should return to dame torquada the thirty-two dollars for the cup of chocolate this dreadful letter reached ujihar simultaneously with the news of the death of uncle juan gomez both which events coming together affected the old lawyer to such a degree that he never recovered his spirits again and he died shortly afterward having written in his last hour a terrible letter full of reproaches and maledictions to his nephew the chapelmaster of ceuta accusing him of having deceived and robbed him and of being the cause of his death to the reading of this just and tremendous accusation was due it is said the stroke of apoplexy that sent don bonifacio to the tomb so that the suspicion merely of the existence of a hidden treasure was the cause of five deaths and of many other misfortunes matters remaining in the end as hidden and mysterious as they were in the beginning since dame torquata who was the only person in the world who knew the history of the fatal document took good care never to mention it thereafter in the whole course of her life thinking as she did that it had all been the work of the devil and the necessary consequence of her husband's dealings with the enemies of the church and the throne End of chapter six